Two dudes having sex with a bear. This is Play on Arrival, a weekly video game forecast brought to you by RPGera.com. Here at Play on Arrival, we'll be running down the biggest and hottest games releasing each week, talking about the new releases we've been playing since we last spoke, and looking ahead to the most anticipated games releasing next week. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, it is Kyle. Hey, Brian, glad to be here. Just got done with the first episode of my new podcast about landlocked African nations, Zimbabwe on Arrival. Zimbabwe! <laughs> I never know what to expect anymore. <laughs> it's, a, it's a geography podcast. It's it, it should be huge. Yeah. I mean, Zimbabwe, pretty huge country, right? It's, it's not small, I don't think. I don't. Uh, that's episode two. I don't know that information yet. So oh, you're going to go into like the actual like geographic know, square, size. Yeah. Like the actual yeah. square miles or whatever that the country uh, takes up. That That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. We'll, we'll dive into that if we ever make it to it. You know, I, I'm going through so many podcasts these days. Some of them don't only, make it to You only usually two, get so. like one or two episodes done and then you're moving on to a new podcast. It's crazy. Yeah. The only thing I, rem- I, I really know about Zimbabwe is that it was in the Carmen Sandiego theme song. It was. Yeah. <laughs> that could be an episode. <laughs> it's it's episode in that three. Animaniac song too, the countries of the world. It is. Yeah, it is. Peru. That's all I I knew the they had the the states and the capitals one too. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Indianapolis, Indiana. That's like one of my favorite Animaniac songs. Yeah, that's Zimbabwe is about 25 times smaller than the U.S. So it's not very big. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That is, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair. Yeah. Roughly the size of Montana. Shout out to all of our listeners in Zimbabwe. Go check all of out our Zimbabwean listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Zimbabwe on arrival. <laughs> <laughs> Pairs nicely with Bobby Boucher on arrival. <laughs> Deep cuts, baby. Let's go. Oh, shit. Special shout out to Occam's Laser for the music you hear today during the show. Go check them out wherever you can find music people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram. Do I have to change Twitter now to X and X? And You won't X. be disappointed. Please take a moment and do us a favor if you'd be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen, listen to us on and drop a quick rating and a review. It really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing. If you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zanku. All right, let's jump into current conditions for this week. I am so excited to be to be talking about the game that we are kicking things off with. It's been a minute since I've actually opened current conditions as well. I think you usually take the first yeah, game. I but I wanted to, first game, yeah. wanted to put the bigger game in front of the smaller game this week. Fair. Uh, the much bigger game in front of the much smaller game. Absolutely. It's like the United States versus Zimbabwe, I guess. Zimbabwe, yeah. <laughs> no, no. This game is, the game you're talking about is way bigger than 25 times bigger than this game, my game. So Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Way bigger. 200 times bigger. So I mentioned last week on the show that I would be jumping into Boulder's Gate 3 the day it released, August 3rd, last Thursday. And I did. Um, You know, it's been three years or so since I have played Baldur's Gate 3. I initially downloaded it when it launched in early access. Um, dude, So it was, I'm looking at Wikipedia. It launched in early access on October 6th of 2020. So it was almost three right. years ago. And yes. I bought it when it came out in early access. I swear I bought it with somebody, dude. I remember playing this game with somebody. 
and I swear it was Sean. I swear it was, and he claims it wasn't him. But I know for a fucking fact I played this game with somebody three years ago, and I just don't remember who it was. Um, so I've had this game for a while, but I knew that Early Access was only Act 1, which itself is like, Act 1 is the size of a video game that's like start to finish. Yeah, it's it's like 50, 60 yeah. hours for just Act 1. Justin is playing the game as well. He is like... 55 60 ish hours into the game and he's still in act one and he's not close to the end yet so there is still so much to do in act one that it's going to take you you know a normal rpg length to even get to the new content that wasn't in early access you asked me the other day i was streaming this to you when i started it if i remembered any of the content and i told you i didn't but that's because i've played so many things since apparently everything i've done was in early access i just don't remember doing it right well, it was years ago, right? So it was, yeah. Like I said, and how many games have you played ago. since then? Quite a few, of course. Yeah. So I don't even know the exact number. And I'm not just playing Baldur's Gate three, right? I am still, like I said, my focus for the rest of this year is the Legend of Heroes franchise. So I'm not deviating from that. Since we've last mentioned it, I did finish Trails to Azure, which is the end of the Crossbell arc, right? So I, I finished Trails from Zero and Trails to Azure now, and then I jumped back into. Trails of Cold Steel 2, which is the second game in the Erebonia arc, but I'm not as close to the end of that one as I initially thought I was. I thought I was way further into Act 2 than I am. I actually was just at the start of Act 2. So I probably, when I started the other day back into that one, I probably still had like 40, 50 hours left to go, and I've put maybe 15 hours into it since since then. So I'm making progress. I hopefully will have that one done here in the next week or so, and then I might take a break for a little bit to focus on Boulder's Gate 3 before I jump into Trails of Cold Steel 3, because I am really enjoying my time in Boulder's Gate 3. I do think this is going to win a lot of awards this year. Um, you know, this is one that you and I weren't initially thinking of when it comes to game of the year. I think this has a freaking chance, dude. I really I do. I think this is going to be nominated. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. This which, is one that kind of flew under. Not, I don't want to say flew under the radar, no, but it's we not all one that we thought of. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's not one that we thought of. This was going to be great. But when you looked at the, the rest of the, the, you know, usual suspects of games that were going to be nominated for game of the year. All of those have also turned out really well. Tears of the Kingdom, Resident Evil 4, uh, uh, Final Fantasy 16. Like, all of those games have also done very, very well so Diablo, far. Diablo, yeah. Diablo, Diablo yeah. Uh, we, we've still got Spider-Man and Starfield. And I, I just, I didn't expect this to be the, I, I guess you forget how big Baldur's Gate was at one point. You know, how, what a massive milestone of video gaming that was. And that people still remember that and are, have been waiting for this for 20 years. Yeah, so. So this is the true sequel to Baldur's Gate 2, right? So Baldur's Gate 2 released in September of 2000, Shadows of Om, and then the expansion released a year later, Throne of Ball. Uh, this is the first mainline Baldur's Gate to come out in 21 years, 20, actually like 22 years. Right. And the first mainline uh, Baldur's Gate game that is not developed by Bioware. So Right. So, yeah, Larian Studios has it. Yeah, Larian Studios, which themselves are best known for Divinity, right? Divinity. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they may be made up of guys that I, I want to say there might be some Bioware employees that work at Larian Studios. Probably. I could be wrong about that, but I think that they may have 
gotten some of the talent from Bioware because it's the type of game that Bioware used to make before they started sucking. Right, yeah. And this game itself is set 120 years after the events of Baldur's Gate 2. Um, and supposedly months after Baldur's Gate descent into Avernus, which is actually a fifth edition campaign mm-hmm. officially released under Dungeons and Dragons. Right. So you jump in, you spend two hours or so creating your character and your guardian. That's kind of when I started streaming it to you. I was still in the process of making my character. I did decide to play as a drow, which I kind of knew I would. Um, I like the way the drows look. I really do. And I like their the race just in general. And I like how they're, they're very unique. Everyone, like, even in the game, right, when I'm talking to NPCs, they're like, oh, it's a drow. What are you doing here, right? Because they're usually underground. They don't usually see this race. So that's kind of cool. And I did go with what I told you I was going to do, which is the Dark Urge origin story. Now, the Dark Urge is the one where you don't remember your past. You have no recollection of what happened to you. You have no idea who you are. All you know is that you have the urge to kill, right? This voice inside your head is telling you to kill and be completely evil. But you try to fight back against it. And I have been kind of leaning in both directions. So I'm playing it to where some scenarios that I encounter in the campaign I give into there was I went into the druid grove the emerald grove I think it's called and I talked to this squirrel and without me even making a decision my character starts talking about how cute the squirrel is and then he kicks it against a tree and completely kills it (laughs) (laughs) and he's like well that felt good (laughs) just to get it out well I was trying to convince you too Play your character as as if you have no power over the urge. Kill everything, everybody you see. Go on a murderous rampage, which of course is going to destroy a lot of the, you know, preset lore and storyline, but also totally doable. Totally doable. You can do anything you want, right? You can make any decision and the game will adapt to your choices. I love that. I love just walking around the world and seeing a skill check pop up, right? Like a roll. Like, oh, I I passed my inspiration, so I was able to see this thing over off to the side. Or I passed my perception, and I was able to see this thing off to the side. Like, the actual Dungeons & Dragons mechanics built into this game, it's superb. It is basically playing a massive tabletop campaign that somebody is working as the dungeon master and making all these decisions for you and changing things on the fly based on your decisions. And I think that's just such cool design. So playing as a drow, Dark Urge origin story, and my actual um, class that I'm playing as is a fighter. And I just the other day, so this would have been on Friday evening, I unlocked, I got far enough in to where I was able to, and this was probably like nine, ten hours in at this point, I was able to select my, like, my subclass. And I was torn between either Battlemaster or Eldritch Knight. Eldritch Knight is the one that you are able to start using spells as a fighter, whereas sure. Battlemaster, they give you four die that you can use. They're like super die or something like that, and they have different effects than your normal die. Um, so I went Battlemaster. I, I did kind of look to see, okay, what would make sense to the style of game that I want to play as. And I'm not trying to load my character up with spells. 
I will say this game is very difficult, even on the normal difficulty. Yeah. Um, I was struggling immensely in just the first hour of the game on the Nautilus ship that you start out in. And then I realized I'm not supposed to kill the Mind Flayer. So <laughs> I just had to run away. But even when you get down into the beach and you start walking around and you go into like the first cavern, not cavern, it's like a, a ruined building. You get attacked by seven or eight enemies and you get rocked, dude. This game is not easy. You do have to position yourself correctly in the environment. You do have to make usage of pretty much everything that your characters and your companions have at their disposal, just like you would in a normal Dungeons and Dragons campaign. So I think that I'm focusing mo most of my skill ups and points into just I don't want to say tanky abilities, but things to where I can take damage and take damage for other people without getting my characters killed and focusing my companions because you can recruit all of the origin story characters like the characters that I was recruiting that you were watching me recruit. Those are all characters you can technically play as like Shadowheart. Sure, yeah. You can play as her. Um, she's one of the origin characters that you can pick when you're first starting the game if you don't pick a custom character. Now, Justin's playing completely custom. He didn't do anything origin. Uh, the Dark Urge origin story is the only preset that you can customize. So I thought that was kind of cool. Everything oh, fair, else yeah. is not, you know, you have to go with what uh, Larian Studios has created. But for the Dark Urge, you can pick the race, class, whatever you want. It starts out as a dragonborn. But um, I decided I didn't want to play as a dragon. So I went with Drow. And I've now been kind of utilizing Shadowheart as my main healer because she is a cleric-based class. I do have a wizard. I think his name is Gale. And I just got Will the other day, but I haven't done any battles with him yet. Um, I did notice the, uh, the, the the class that starts with a G that I can't remember right now. Um, Githreki, maybe? Something like that. Uh, her standard starting class is fighter as well. So I was running two fighters for a bit there and that's not something I want to do, but, um, I am invested in this game, dude. Like it is, it is top tier sitting yeah. at a 93 on open critic with 18 reviews available. You and I talked last week on the show that we thought low 90s, even potentially mid 90s was a possibility. And that's coming true. And we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I it's I would say 93 is low 90s, but on the cusp of mid 90s. And I do think when more reviews come in for this game, again, there's only 18 available. When more come in, there's a possibility this jumps to a 94, potentially 95. And I do think it's well-deserved. This game is something special, man. Like, it's yeah. it's not very often that I feel like games really, really capture a tabletop feel and a traditional Dungeons & Dragons feel. But this one absolutely does. Larian Studios is very... I mean, it's it's the, it's them, right? Div Divinity Original Sin 2 also captured that yeah. feel. Like, Larian they're just doesn't really miss, good man. at that. No, they, they don't. They know what they're doing now, and... Uh, like you said, they're they're trying as close as possible as is to capture that feel of sitting around a table and being able to do what you want and make the choices that you want and tell the story that you want, right? Um, there are so many options and and pathways that you can go down in this game. And it's what makes developing a game like this hard because it really is so open-ended. They said that there's something to the tune of like a couple hundred different endings, I think, in this game. Oh, yeah. You could play this game over and over and never see the same thing again. Yeah. Like, as long as you make different choices, it's very possible that right. you have different experiences 
And these experiences are 200 plus hours. Yeah, there's a massive amount of replayability to this to games like this. And I've played through Divinity Original Sin a couple times, just playing different things and making different choices and trying to play the game in a different way. And it feels like a different story each time you do it because of that. And so I know that this is more expensive than that, more massive than that. It's not a game I've picked up yet just because I don't have the time to play it at the moment. But it is a game I cannot wait to pick up and actually dive into. Are you, So you are going to get this eventually? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, this is right up my alley. Uh, it's sitting at a 94 on Metacritic. So it's a little bit higher over on Metacritic than it is on OpenCritic. Um, which I think a lot of the industry actually looks at Metacritic as opposed to OpenCritic. We just use OpenCritic because it pulls from smaller publications right. as well. And I think it gives a, a more accurate picture of how everybody feels about a game. Um, but this is not something that I will be able to finish anytime soon. Like, no, I you've got a long be, way to go. I will be playing this game for the next year or two, probably as the same character in the same campaign. Like, there's a possibility I will not play through this game more than once just because I play through so many other games. But I'm going to absolutely enjoy every step of the way that I am in. And I'm just my character's name is Brew. It's the it's the name that I t- tend to use every time I start up a game. Um, my World of Warcraft character was named Brew or Brew Seeker for the longest time. So it's just the name that I kind of fall back to. Now, I will say Steam and Larian did not expect how massive this game was going to get right away. So I guess they in Steam was preparing their IT team for about 100,000 concurrent players. With, within the first two days, they, or the first day, they had 700,000 concurrent players, and their servers were absolutely destroyed. Yeah, got got slammed, yeah. Um, I mean, a massive success by any stretch of the imagination. This is this is huge, and it's it's. I'm, I'm glad it's doing well. I want to see more games like this do as well as this is doing. You know what I mean? I, w- I yeah. want to see this be a big genre again, these big character-driven, choice-driven RPGs like this. I just, I have so much fun with them. I know Sev said he's picking this up. He's waiting for the PlayStation 5 version, which is not available yet. Right. So only the PC version is available, came out on August 3rd. The PS5, so the console version. I think it's just the PS5 version. I don't think the Xbox version actually has a confirmed release date yet but the ps5 version is coming out on september 6th i don't know if the xbox version will also release on september 6th but according to wikipedia xbox is tba so i don't know but um this game is just going to get bigger in the next month when the console versions start releasing and more people start getting access and playing to it and more people start talking about it more reviews will start dropping that from people that don't have access to like a high-end gaming pc And this isn't going to die down anytime soon. I think this came out at a perfect time to still be on people's mind as we get into the end of the year and start talking about awards. There is no doubt that this is not nominated for um, Game of the Year at Jeff Keighley's Game Awards. It's going to be there. I I think it's there now. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be there. And there's a possibility that it could actually win. I still think it'd be crazy if something other than Tears of the Kingdom were to win Game of the Year for 2023. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. And Baldur's Gate 3 is one of those games that I do think could potentially, even more so than Final Fantasy 16 or Diablo 4 or Starfield, give Tears of the Kingdom a hard time in its quest for Game of the Year this year. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it'll be interesting. This has been a phenomenal game for years so far, man. It honestly has everything that's dropped. Oh, yeah. that we and, we're and we're not done yet. And we're not done. Yeah, we're not done. Uh, it, man, it, what, a, what a year. 
What a great year this has been. Yeah, I've been thoroughly impressed. I'm glad that I've gotten through as many games as I have this year that have been great and played as many. And I mean, some of them I haven't finished, right? I haven't finished Tears of the Kingdom. You did. I haven't finished. um, No, you didn't yet. Did you or did you? Tears, I finished, yeah. You did finish, and you also finished Diablo 4. Um, right, so you the finished, campaign, yeah, but yeah, I'm still two, playing. Yeah, two of those major games. I did finish Final Fantasy 16, which is one of the ones I have under my belt for this year. But I still need to get back and finish Tears of the Kingdom. I still need to finish Diablo. I don't know it's possible for me to finish Baldur's Gate 3 by the end of the year, just because this game is so massive. I would have to play nothing else, and I am not... If I go away from my goal of finishing The Legend of Heroes this year, I know... I'm going to struggle to ever pick that back up. So I really don't. And I'm and I'm so set. Like, it's all I think about now is just finishing The Legend of Heroes. I've been talking to Zanku about it because he got into the franchise. Been talking to Sev about it. I've been having a lot of fun back in that IP. So I just don't think that that's something that I'm willing to stop focusing on right now. Like, when we're finished recording, I may load up Builders Gate 3 for a bit, but I will jump back into Cold Steel 2 by the end of the night and play for several hours. Right. But um, if if you like Dungeons and Dragons, if you've ever played Baldur's Gate before, there's nothing I could even say on this game that would spoil something for you. Because, yes, there's a main campaign and I guess there's a, like an overarching main story that ties everything together. But my experience is going to be 100 percent different than your experience, which will be 100 percent yeah. different than Sev's experience, which is 100 percent different than Justin's experience upstairs. Like there's so many choices, so many things you can do that it's impossible to spoil something. Yeah, I, we might spoil like a main story thing. But like that doesn't actually matter because there's so many things that go into it. Um, I'm not talking anything in terms of story actually on the show today, but I'm just saying if you happen to see something and you think it spoiled something for you, don't get upset because it probably didn't. Like there's just so many right, things yeah. that can actually go into this campaign and this narrative. Well, like we said, I, I've watched it on Twitch a little bit. I've watched you play. it. I don't feel like I'm I'm robbing myself of content or my own playthrough by doing that because yeah, it's just because you'll be make your choices when you get yeah. in there which is going to affect your game which might take you in a drastically different direction in the first few hours that I didn't go in so I think that's just so cool this game is phenomenal I highly recommend it techie geek I know you got to pick this up and play through it. What are you doing? Um, what is he doing? I don't he's know. Get, he's getting doing? roasted in Discord right now by Sean is and he? Sev. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. About Baldur's Gate, actually. Oh. <laughs> I see it in the Game Challenge channel, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think I'll finish this anytime soon, Techie Geek, but man... I can't wait until I do, but it probably won't be till next year. I'm not going to lie. Right. This is going to this is going to take me several months, if not a year or so, to get through this entire campaign because I just want to pick up and play for a little bit here and there. Like, I don't exactly. Yeah. I, I, I like the fact that I can feel like I have a Dungeons and Dragons campaign that I can do solo. Right. I don't need friends to play this. I don't Certainly. need a dungeon master to tell me what I'm doing. The game does that for me. So anytime I feel like I want to have a and d experience, I just load up Baldur's Gate 3 now. And that's fucking dope. So uh, It's killing me to not play it right now, man. I don't know why you're not. Because I, I can't. I can't dive into it right now. I've got, I've got a few other things to finish first. Time will free up a little bit at some point. I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. All right. I'll hold you to it. And once you do, we can even do a little co-op. We'll do some co-op. And yeah. Yeah. We'll do a little co-op. We can, uh, we can start a fresh campaign. Like you can have a solo campaign and then we can have like a co-op campaign and we can just... See, exactly. um, see how great of lovers we can be. How how nutty it becomes. Yeah, how there you go. Nuts all over the face. Nuts all over the place. <laughs> no, all over the face, not place. Oh boy. <laughs> probably, probably happens in the game at some point. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's so many. 
uh, sex scenes in this game. Yeah. And they are pretty wild. Now, granted, I haven't seen any of them yet. I was about to say, have you got to any? No, no. But I have started working on some potential romance options. Um, I did start chatting up Shadowheart a bit because she's like the only one I have that I'm actually interested in right now. But I really am interested in one of the characters that I know I'll encounter here relatively soon. There's another character you can romance that's a drow in the story that I'm technically in right now. So it's like the quest that I'm actually doing in the game. But uh, you have to go the complete evil route to romance this character and, and side with the goblins, basically, which would destroy the Emerald Grove, which is the Druid Sanctuary, which then locks you off from having access to I think three of the characters that you can use as companions so you're sacrificing three characters for for the sake of one romance for a character that's not even playable uh, which is kind of crazy and I thought about doing it but I don't know that I'm actually going to go that route for my first playthrough because I feel like I want access to the druid character I think the druid would make a perfect companion in my party at the moment right and if I destroy his grove well then they fucking hate me so <laughs> I think I actually might even kill him. I don't know. I think you might actually kill him if you if you turn on him. I'm not sure. But um, I love this game, dude. I think this is going to be on people's mind for years, right? Years. Absolute years. And I am excited to see if they will do expansions. I have to assume they will. But I'm excited to see it if they do. I'm sure. I'm sure they will. Yeah. So that's a lot on Baldur's Gate 3. And I didn't even say much, which is crazy, right? I just talked up the the expansiveness of the game and everything that goes into it. But we spent almost a half hour there on Baldur's Gate 3. So let's jump quickly into a game that you started and finished the night after we raided last Monday in Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we uh, we finished raiding, we and did. then I went and sat down on my Xbox, and I started playing Venba. And you finished it before the end of the night. <laughs> before the end of the night, I finished Venba. And that was the day it came out, too. That was the re- release day of the game. Yeah, we speculated last week on the show. You said, like, three, four hours. I said, yeah, probably three to five we were way off. Yeah, it's less than 90 minutes. This is a this is a short game uh, and it's it's a narrative, right? This is not just like a cooking game. You're not running a restaurant. You are learning the story of a group of, uh, well, a family of Indian immigrants to Canada. I think it's the Toronto area and they have brought with them uh, a lot of their culture, right? And so it's kind of their story as they are trying to figure out how to live and function and kind of survive and and thrive. So it's more a visual novel than anything else. Um, no, no, I wouldn't say it's a visual novel. It's okay. there's a lot of just dialogue scenes where you are only talking, and then there are scenes where you are cooking it, and the and the food, the cuisine in the game serves kind of as the cultural touch point where they keep in touch with their roots of where they came from. Uh, And it goes through, I think, seven different chapters as you go through the game and the family gets older. There's time jumps between each chapter and you watch them get pregnant and then have a child and then the child starts to grow up and then gets and now he's in high school and now he's in college and now he has a job, you know. And so it's it's this family that is trying to hold on to their roots their culture uh and and respect and honor those things but also the story of this child that doesn't really connect to that culture very well because he wasn't raised in it right so his his parents are making him different types of food uh and he also is kind of learning how to recreate those foods at a certain point from a very old 
recipe book that I believe was his grandmother's, if I'm not mistaken. And kind of the core gameplay mechanic of the game is you are going through the recipe book trying to make these different recipes, these these very traditional Indian recipes. But the in, the recipe book is so old that you don't know how to do it correctly because words are scrubbed out or a page is torn or something like that. So you have to kind of go through context clues and figure out how to make these recipes correctly. Now, it's not super difficult to do that. And if you mess up, it says, oh, let's try that again. And it just goes back to where it was and you get to do it all over again. It's not like it's a big time commitment if you mess up and you you screw up everybody's day because you ruined Thanksgiving or something like that. It's just It just lets you remake <laughs> the recipe all over again. And it's very cool. It's not difficult. It's mostly sequences and timing of putting things in appropriately before things burn or something like that. So there are some gameplay elements like that. Otherwise, you're kind of just listening to characters talk but it is a really cool animation style it's got really nice uh kind of traditionally indian music and goes into even kind of the differences of indian cuisine between northern and southern cuisine and the different types of food that they have there the different types of languages that are spoken all throughout india and i've actually spoken with an indian friend recently and i kind of talked about the game and talked about the different foods and stuff that they make in the game and we kind of talked about that and I learned a little bit more about it through that and so the games like this that are short like this number one uh it, I had fun playing it I thought it was a good story about this family and how things change over time uh but I also like that I was educated by it you know I, I learned a little bit about Indian cuisine and Indian culture and then I was able to take that knowledge and in my real life kind of explore that knowledge and learn more about it and use it as a jumping off point to talk to a friend about their home culture and so that was that was very cool and uh uh, it, yeah, like I said, I, I beat it in less than an hour and a half. I beat it in like 75 minutes probably. And then I deleted it. So it was it was on my Xbox for less than two hours. And which is uh, crazy. Yeah, but it was fun. I'm not I'm not sad that I played it. I'm actually pretty happy I played it. It was a it was a good time. Yeah, I installed it. I put it on the Xbox when it came out. Um, You know, we were wrong. It, it wasn't that big of a game or we were right. I should say it wasn't that big of a game to put on there. So I had the space and. I will sit down and play through this as a palate cleanser relatively soon. Probably after I finish Cold Steel 2. That's probably what sure. I'll do is just load up Venba. I did. So after I finished um, after I finished Trails to Azure, the same night, I played a palate cleanser. Like before I fell asleep, right? I loaded into, which I had from Gamefly, I loaded into and finished in less than, again, less than 90 minutes, Goodbye World, oh, nice. which kind of yeah. reminds me of the same thing that you're talking about with Venba, right? Because it's mostly just dialogue that you're going through. And the thing with Goodbye World is that each time, so there's 13 different chapters. Each chapter has a side-scrolling platforming level that you play on like a, a mock Game Boy. Because Goodbye World is the story of two game developers that are female that are kind of became friends and like in school and try to make games together. Um, and the game you're playing as, I think, is the game that they're trying to make together. And you just play through like one level each chapter, but those levels only take like a minute or two to get through. And from there, you're just progressing the dialogue and moving to the next chapter. So all in all, Goodbye World is also less than 90 minutes. Right. But those types of games are perfect just to put in between these massive experiences that we have been getting and playing so often this year. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I love I when too. games, you know, they know what they want to be, right? 90 minutes or less. They know what they want to I started be. it after 10 p.m. at night and knew that I didn't want to start up like some huge game and dive into some massive story like Final Fantasy, right? So... 
this was I, I was able to start this game up, finish it, delete it, and then I went to bed. Yep, absolutely, which makes me sad. You still haven't made it much further into Final Fantasy 16 yet. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but that's because I've I've gotten hooked on other stuff. And I've, I, I know, like you said, like I, Pikmin. I, beat, I beat Tears of the Kingdom. I'm playing Pikmin. Um, I beat Dave the Diver. You did um, beat Dave the Diver. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a long game. Twenty five hours. Impressive for that type of game. Honestly, like really, oh, yeah. really cool. Yeah, uh, it's a blast, too. What a great game. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that'll bring us to the end of current conditions for this week. And we have a lot of things coming over the next seven days. So I think we should go ahead and jump into the seven day forecast. was thinking about it the other night, last night actually, as I was putting the script together. I don't like calling it the seven-day forecast anymore because that means I have to say Sev's name each day or each time we record. Seven-day forecast. Yeah. yeah. The seven-day like forecast. Yeah, I don't like it, but um, I'm not going to change it. It is the seven-day forecast. And I'm going to tell you what, man. There's a lot of interesting good games coming out this week. I think this is going to be a fun week with games that there's probably two, three, four, five. Five games that I could realistically see myself play playing this week and three of them I think actually will be day one purchases for me and I'll point those out as we go through the list starting with game number one also might be a day one purchase for me it's coming just to PC it's a game that we've talked about I don't know if we did a kickstart my heart on this but I feel like we've talked about it previously so I know we've seen it at least on some of the 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 smaller indie showcases in the past death bulge Battle of the Bands, a role-playing game featuring musical themes with an affinity for the sick and ridiculous. The story revolves around a deadly Battle of the Bands contest where entrants can attack and be attacked with music. This looks like so much fun as well. Again, I'm, another I'm crazy little this. RPG experience. You will, you will. If you look up the game, you'll know exactly what it is. We've seen this before. We've talked about this before. Well, but this maybe looks, you're right. I don't know. This looks very, very charming, very cool. Right up my alley, again, mixing something that I like, right? Like taking WrestleQuest, mixing professional wrestling and RPG elements. Here, you're taking music, which is probably the thing that I'm into the most, right? It's what I do every day, all day. I'm always listening to music, always trying to seek out and find new music. So you take that, you mix it with RPG elements again, and you have a game that I'm going to be totally into. So there's a possibility that I do end up picking this up on day one as well. This one's not 100%. But leaning in that direction that I probably will buy it depending on the price. I'm, I'm I'm looking at the pictures of it now and this is, I don't remember this game at all. If we've talked about it before, this is, I don't remember it. But man, it, it looks, it looks pretty cool. It's kind of got like a Toe Jam and Earl style to it. Yeah, a yeah, little bit. Mm-hmm. Game number two, also coming on Tuesday, just to PC as well. I Am Future Cozy Apocalypse Survival. I Am Future is a relaxing survival game about building a cozy rooftop camp amid a flooded post-apocalyptic city. Set up a farm, cook delicious food, dismantle tools for crafting resources, automate chores by recruiting cute robots, and uncover the mystery behind the catastrophe. This has been in development for quite some time. It, yeah, and it, I don't think this looks good. I think this looks really janky still. Yeah. I think it's just releasing an early access, right? I think this is an early access release on Tuesday. I believe so, yeah. I am not super interested in this. There's another survival game that is coming out this week that I am much more interested in, but I tend not to really get into those survival crafting type games. However, like I said, we're going to talk about one here in just a few minutes that I, I am very interested in strictly for the setting. I think I will skip I Am Future. I probably will watch some people play it on Twitch, but I don't think I ever play this myself. 
Yeah. But I think it could be interesting to watch some bigger streamers that I know really get into these games oh, kind of go through yeah. this. Yeah, I know people will pick this up. Game number three, also coming on Tuesday to PC. I wish this was coming elsewhere because I feel like Seb would pick this up if it was. He doesn't usually pick up PC-only games. This game is called Cat's Request. Cat's Request is a fantastic detective story about an extraterrestrial cat named Ash and his virtual assistant living in a metropolis governed by artificial intelligence. I don't know much about this game, but I saw a lot of people had it wishlisted on Steam, so that's why it made the list today for the show. I think the art style and the palette, like kind of the neon noir-esque art style that this game is using Very is super dope. Yeah, absolutely. I think this could look and play really cool, but I don't know anything about it, so I, I need to see more on it. But the, the concept where you're playing as a cat detective, I mean, you can't go wrong there. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah, I like the, I like the outfits and the the environments and stuff this looks pretty cool yeah so it's one that i'll keep an eye on i can't imagine it'll be very very expensive either so depending on the price i might pick it up or wait for a sale because i know this game will likely be a dollar or two on the next steam sale probably this fall right. <laughs> game number four is going to be a gamefly rental for me i already have a spot open since i sent goodbye world back last week coming on thursday to pc ps5 and xbox series atlas fallen rise from the dust and liberate mankind from the oppression of a corrupted god Glide through the sands of a timeless land filled with ancient dangers, mysteries, and fragments of the past. Hunt legendary monsters using powerful shape-shifting weapons and devastating sand-powered abilities in spectacular, super-powered combat. This looks like it could be a lot of fun. This made it way higher up on Thunderdome than I anticipated it making it. I think this looks actually kind of fun. You know, um, it it's very pretty. It's very pretty. If if you want my uh, my prediction here, this lands at a 64 on Open Critic. There's a total chance that it does. That's the thing. It's Godfall also looked very pretty. Right, right. But it fucking sucked. Babylon's Fall also looked very pretty, but it fucking sucked. Right. So there's a possibility that Atlas Fallen goes in that same direction because it reminds me of those two games. What was that it game you played earlier this mix. year about the, the girl and the, there's cats in it? The girl and there's cats in it. Yeah, there's a girl and there's cats in it. And she can like shoot arrows and she skates around and I don't remember what it was. Forsaken. Forspoken. 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 Okay, yeah. Forspoken, which I just played a track from that game over on our Masters of Hollywood BG Mini episode that oh, posted nice. the other day. Um, I actually liked Forspoken. Yeah. I rented that from Gamefly as well, and that was Most a Square Enix joint. Most people didn't love it. No, I know, but I actually, I think I liked it quite a bit more than a lot of other people did. So, I am hopeful that Atlas Fallen ends up being good. Um, again, it's just a Gamefly rental, so if it's not, I'll send it back. I'm not losing anything here, but I want this game to do well. It was delayed from earlier this year. They delayed it to August. Hopefully, that gave them more time to polish some things up. I think this game could be a lot of fun, and I'm hoping that it is. Game number five, I think this might be a day one for me, even though it's not the type of game I normally play. Yeah, this isn't your type of game at all. No, but look into this game, dude. Get coming on Thursday to PC, Sengoku Dynasty. Sengoku Dynasty offers a thrilling multi-genre blend of open-world RPG, city builder, and life simulation mixed with survival elements. Build up and become the leader of your own dynasty during the turbulent times of feudal Japan. Play solo or co-op in first or third person view. Build a life, cultivate a community, and forge your own dynasty in a region once devastated by famine and war. Play solo or in co-op multiplayer and explore a beautiful open world as you gather resources, craft, hunt, build, and farm to survive and support your village community. Fight tough enemies, 
become a great leader, and protect what you've created. Experience the beauty of nature and take part in ancient rituals to uncover the mysteries of the divine. Sengoku Dynasty offers an immersive insight to life in medieval Japan. Select your path as a leader, craftsman, warrior, or monk and embark on an epic journey. This game is gorgeous, dude. Yeah, it's super cool looking, but this is this reminds me of like Japanese The Forest or something, you know? That's what that's what it looks like to me. That's what the play looks like. That's 100% what it is. Yeah. Except I think The Forest didn't really have a ton of city building mechanics, did it? I mean, there was like you could build like uh build buildings houses and stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and houses, and but this seven days this seems like you're thing. actually building a settlement yeah. in Sengoku Dynasty. Plus, I fucking love the setting. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, you give me anything set in feudal Japan, I'm usually there. Like, I really enjoy that type of atmosphere and environment and lore. Like, I'm jealous that you got to live in Japan for a couple years. Man, I've been missing it so much lately, too. I want to go back. I want to just go for the first time. But I think, I think I'm going to buy this. I don't know if it's something I stick with, but I really, really, really think I might enjoy this more so than I usually do with these types of games just because of the setting. I could be wrong, but I'm willing to take that risk I think. Especially if it's less than 30 bucks which I imagine it being. Probably, yeah. I, 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 I could see it being $30. $29.99. That's what this looks yeah, like. Yeah, that's sort of what I'm hoping for. Because if it's 30 or less, probably a day one purchase. If it's 50 or more, likely wait for a sale. That's kind of my, my thought on this right now, but I don't know for sure. Game number six, you might really be interested in coming on Thursday to PC, Tales and Tactics. Tales and Tactics blends roguelike strategy with a squad-based auto-battler, creating a deep and rich one-of-a-kind experience tailor-made for a single-player adventure. No time limits and no pressure means you have all the time in the world to take in the game's mechanics and characters and to strategize correctly for the fight ahead of you. With a quick and easy tutorial and mechanics that start off simple and approachable, anyone can learn to play. The mechanics will only get more complex if you want them to, with the unique Complexity at Your Own Pace unlock system. The grand tournament awaits every eager hero, the annual ultimate test of skill, and every up-and-coming hero has their own story to tell on the path to glorious victory. Take a seat at the table and begin your own tale. This seems like it could be a you kind of game. I've never been into the auto battlers, though. I've never played team fight tactics. I've never played um, auto chess. But it's a tabletop or... type thing. Yeah, I know. I know. And and it looks cool. It looks it looks like it takes place like in a tavern and like some old medieval tavern. And yeah, sort of like Hearthstone a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, bit. yeah. It's got that kind of aesthetic to it. Um, but I've never played any of the auto battlers. I've never played team fight tactics at all. So I'm not okay. sure. Okay, fair, fair. Um, a lot of people have this one wish listed to on Steam, which is why it made the list today. It, it remains it remains an incredibly popular uh, genre, auto chess. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So game number seven is the one that I'm most excited for this week. It is my absolute day one purchase as well. Coming on Thursday, PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, Stray Gods, the role-playing musical. In a modern fantasy world, college dropout Grace is granted the power of a muse, power she'll need to find out the truth behind her predecessor's death before time runs out. You'll decide who Grace allies with, who she can trust, and who may betray her in this beautifully hand-illustrated role-playing musical. I think this looks stellar. It looks really freaking cool, and uh, I'm 
very excited for the soundtrack of this. Dude, soundtrack's going to be top tier. I think it will be one of the better soundtracks of this year. Just all the voice talent alone that yep. they've got in this game. Laura Bailey, I think, is playing Grace. Uh, they have so many actual main names that we are used to in the industry, voicing characters and actually singing on this soundtrack. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I'm very interested to see how this goes as a game, right? Because it's basically a Broadway musical with role-playing elements. And that's freaking sick. Yeah, it's I like Broadway. Cool. I like that kind of shit. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to see if this is like developers that we know because... I don't think it is. Uh, the The studio is new, but... Yeah, but it, got might be, so much... it might be a team of people that came together under a new Yeah, banner. they've got so much talent behind this game. Uh, apparently, a single playthrough of the game will take approximately five to eight hours. Um, but Which you is will... about right. Yeah, but you will not see all of the music in yeah i imagine you'll have to make different choices to get different yeah, songs to pop like. up and there's over 90 tracks and five over five hours of music in the game that's insane dude yeah. that's insane but also replayability like crazy right Super like high. so many ways you can play this game kind of just like boulder skate 3 mm-hmm. the replayability is not nearly as expansive as that game but to see all the songs and hear all the music which i think is one of the appeals to this type of game is to see the songs performed in game by the characters you're going to need to replay this multiple times and that's sick that's super dope so but i think this is a solid week all things that i'm kind of interested in in one way or another my pick of the week however has to go to stray gods the role-playing yeah stray gods is my pick this week honestly i'm really into the idea of stray gods here me too yeah we have we are three for three in in terms of like weeks back to back to back picking the same game as our uh pick of the week not next week i'm just kidding i don't Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. I'll just choose whatever you don't next week. Well, let me see. I don't know. Let me see see here. I don't know. Next week, just looking at the major releases coming up in the extended forecast, I think you. Oh, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. Okay. Fair. 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 Yeah. But that is the end of the seven-day forecast. And speaking of that extended forecast, let's take a look at some release dates that got confirmed in the release date roundup. Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hopes DLC Rayman and the Phantom Show releases on August 30th. I still haven't played that base game, which is incredible. Like, yeah, I, I, I thought by now I would have, but I haven't yeah, me too. yet. I'm still waiting to pick it. I'm, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to play it. Yeah, I'm going to as well. I just, I'm surprised I haven't yet. Pocket Bravery releases on August 31st, which is like a pixelated fighter. Kind of looks cool. Inescapable, No Rules, No Rescue, which is a Danganronpa spiritual successor. Very excited for that. Releases on October 19th. And then a game that kind of came out of, I don't know if it came out of nowhere, but I saw it get release date confirmed and watched the trailer and this game looks freaking sick. Battle Cakes releases on October 26th. Battle Cakes looks dope. Kind of reminds me of Cassette Beasts in the way of the art style and that kind of stuff. Oh man, I love Cassette Beasts. Yeah, I think you'll like Battle Cakes too. You basically play as little cupcakes. (laughs) I'm in. This this game looks dope, dude. This game looks dope. Uh, No delays to talk about, which was kind of nice. Nothing actually got delayed this week. And then looking ahead to some major games coming out next week, we have a game that was on our next week's major releases last week. It was silently delayed. Gord was supposed to come out on Tuesday the 8th this week, but it is now coming out on the 17th of August. So it kind of got silently delayed um, just by a week. I don't know why, but Gord now is coming out next week. A game that I know Sev is very into. I think he had it in his top 10 
of Thunderdome for Q3, Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew. I know he's going to be picking that up most likely. Hammer Watch 2, which looks incredible. Moving Out 2, which is another game that Sev is very much looking forward to. I just added Battle Cakes to my uh, wish list, by the way. Did you? It looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm going to play this game. It looks good. This looks freaking sweet. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk is finally coming out next week, which Ah, spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio. Can't freaking wait. Madden NFL 24, which I will play eventually, but never usually right away until next year. And then I will play those immediately because of NCAA football also releasing next year. And then the game that I can't wait to release next week, Sean and I, hopefully, if Sean decides they want to play video games again, will be jumping into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'll be jumping into that. Yeah. Will you? Oh, yeah. You're going to play the Game Pass version. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I am going to straight buy it on PC, on Steam. Because I know it probably won't be on Game Pass forever. And it's a game that I want to just have all of my progress, everything just in one spot. Plus, these types of games, I couldn't imagine playing DVD on a console. And now I I get it. You can probably play this game on PC through Game Pass on PC. I get that. Right. But Dead by Daylight, I could never play on a console. It's just not that type of game. I can't play that game with a controller. I have to play with mouse and keyboard. So I just want to own this game, I think. Because, again, I know it's not going to be on Game Pass forever. It probably will be for the first six months to a year, yeah. but eventually it'll disappear off Game Pass. And this is a game that I will go back to for, I've been playing DVD for seven years, so I know it's a game that I'll eventually buy anyway. I may as well just buy it right from the start. I, I hope it's awesome, man. I hope it turns I out I think it's going great. to be. You, me, you, and Sean could play as the killers. That You can play as three killers in this game against four survivors. It's so yeah, sick. That's awesome. It's so sick. Next week looks like a great... Dude, we're getting into the time period now this year where we're going to have major games releasing every single week. It will not slow down until the end of the year at this point. Yep. And um, that's crazy. Hopefully we can stay caught up. But that's the extended forecast, and I think that'll bring us to the end of the show. We don't really have anything else to talk about. We'll probably have some delays to talk about next week. We have a Devolver Delayed showcase tomorrow as a time of recording. <laughs> yeah, a Devolver Delayed. It's all all the games they have that are getting delayed into next year. They seem like they're struggling a little bit right now. They do, yeah. They're struggling to, I mean, their, their stock has been struggling. Not a lot of games coming out this year. Um, hopefully they get back on their feet because I love their games. So me too. Me too. Oh, another release date just got confirmed 30 minutes ago, 37 minutes ago. Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising, which is the, I think, sequel to the Grand Blue Fantasy fighting game that came out a few years ago is going to launch on November 30th. Okay. That was literally just confirmed 37 minutes ago. Uh, not the Grand Blue Fantasy game that I want to get confirmed. Really? I really want, I want Relink to get its release date confirmed. Supposedly it's still coming this year, but that game looks like a stellar traditional JRPG. I can't fucking wait for that game. But um, yeah, I think we have another showcase this week as well, don't we? I don't know. Is, I think there oh, is. Oh, there's a Pokemon dude. Presents. Yes, that's it. Pokemon Presents is on August 8th which which is Tuesday so they'll likely have what detective pikachu there detective because that's pikachu, coming out later this year uh scarlet violet dlc um probably a pokemon go update coming and you can always hope for something else um but there's always a chance there's always, always a because chance. you never know with them because detective pikachu i think is coming out in october right so, so usually the pokemon company puts something out toward the beginning of the year as well Right. So there's a possibility they release a trailer for a spinoff game, maybe like a new Pokemon Mystery Dungeon game or something that'll maybe. release early yeah. next year. It's possible. Um, the, the reports and the rumors and the smoke 
behind the Nintendo Switch successor have really picked up this past week. I know we were talking about it in Discord, but um, it does sound like the Switch 2 or whatever they're going to end up calling it, the Super Nintendo Switch, is set to release finally the second half of next year. Right, fall of next year. And yeah, fall of next year to be more specific. So there's possibility that we won't see it until spring of next year, right? Nintendo, when they announced the Switch, they unveiled it like properly in October and then it was out in March. So like a six month turnaround time. So I could see them holding like a big showcase next March and releasing the Switch successor in like October or November of of that year. So Well, hopefully the heat of the Switch carries them through into the next console as well. They've got a bad track record of, you know, good console, bad console, good console, bad console, good console. So hopefully uh, Switch was a good console. Hopefully we get another good console and not a... Yeah, I hope this isn't a fucking Wii U situation. Yeah. Yeah. Even though a lot of people really like the Wii U. I Um, loved it. I did not. The Wii U was not good. Had some good games, but the console itself was not I loved it. Great. I loved it. But I think that'll bring us to the end of the show this week the only thing we have left to do is for kyle to pull his pants down and whip out his pp here it comes boys this is or a you have some really short shorts all you need to do is just pull them up a little bit more and you might start poking I'll, out I'm the gonna, bottom yeah i'm just gonna pull the shorts up a little bit Dude, give you a little are taste so of small. the pp here at the, at the fucking gym <laughs> Man, i got some booty shorts bro they're so sick you said you were uh getting some comments and looks at the gym you and Lindsay yeah. had matching outfits almost yeah people liked it man yeah they like they like checking you out of course they do like, man look at that ass look at that guy um this is a uh maybe one of my favorite albums of the year so far i knew it was going to be uh before it came out because that's what kind of album this was going to be i liked the first one but the spider-man across the universe soundtrack oh, is sick. so hot it's so insane the first one was incredible the second one's incredible they had a lot to live up to i think they did it uh but there's a lot of really really good tracks on this album just go ahead and listen to the entire thing if you haven't i think my favorite and it's the one that everybody knows is Am I Dreaming. Uh, the entire album's done by Metro Boomin for the most part, but Am I Dreaming also features ASAP Rocky and Roy C, and it's just such a fun song. It's such such a cool tone for the movie, uh, and it was a great movie. I'm actually going to go see the Ninja Turtles movie tomorrow, I think. Are but, you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, nice. I'm hyped. But uh, this was one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Go listen to it, Am I Dreaming, from Spider-Man Across the Spiders. This episode of Play on Arrival, a weekly video game forecast, has been brought to you by RPGera.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of which platform you're listening on. If you want more of us, check us out on YouTube and make sure you're subscribed or following with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media as well as to our Discord server and all other important information can be found in the show notes for the episode.